Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Total Education Show, a talk shop for teachers, parents, and administrators. Here's your host of the show, Neil Haley, the Total Tutor. We're live. Oh, my gosh. Live. Total Education Q&A. Uh, I took a hiatus Wednesday night for the Total Education Hour. Again, to my website, tolltutor.net, for more information. Uh, Twitter, Total Tutor, Neil S. Haley, Facebook. LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, Total Tutor, Pinterest, Neil Haley, and Google+. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. Uh, the, the, the And also Periscope, at Total Tutor, which I haven't been on all week. But I am on Periscope, at Dee Ripman, right now. Uh, so you can tune in to see what's the studio look like over at uh, Dee house. But, you know, it's really interesting is after the Oberkfell decision uh, conversation I had on Monday, on Sunday night, that was really, really uh, an interesting uh feedback uh and then we talked about investing in education i haven't i i i broadcasted live a few events summer outside the studio but today we're back in the studio so how are you dd i am well neil how are you tonight well no more coughing well, no, my coughing's almost gone. I think we're, we're close to over with that. But, uh, again, uh, Dee Dee Ripman is award-winning author and much, much more. Uh, you can go to DeeDeeRipman.com for more information. And, Dee Dee, I know now you have some questions for us. I'm ready to get the whole blog talk promotion end of things out, you know, to start promoting so people can go and tune in right now, live, live, live. And that's the always the fun part of it is to be live. So, I'm just trying yeah. to make make sure everything is cool. So, uh, I'm hoping that my audience will tweet us at Total Tutor or at Dee Dee Ritman as you are listening to the show. All right. Well, awesome. Right. Well, fantastic. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's let's get rocking and rolling. As I'm I'm making sure that the tweet is out. Uh, Dee Dee. So let's go to our first question, please. All right, Neil. We. And for our audience that's just joining us for the first time, this is the Total Education Q&A, and people tweet us questions, parents and teachers. Here's the first one. Has autism always been around? Why didn't we know about autism before, and why do you think autism is on the rise? You know, it is becoming more and more in the news, and people are more aware of it. But you know, Neil, I actually had to ask that. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I don't okay, know what that, I actually, yeah, go ahead. I actually had someone ask me that when I was still teaching. Several people asked me, was autism always here or is this something new? Well, and you, I know you work with a lot of autistic students. What do you have to say? No, I mean, I just think it's more more aware now uh, than we were before when it, regarding autism. It, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely at times... Something that seems like it's it's it, 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 you could consider it on the rise, uh, but really the fact is that people are identifying it earlier. They're more concerned very early, and people are looking at early intervention at a young age and identifying kids one and two years old with possible autism. So that's where the difference is. Before uh, the we weren't identifying them until seven or eight years old. So now you're getting a higher percentage. But a lot of times, if you did the research, the ones that are identified early, uh, a lot of times can in a lot of ways go from different levels of autism to more uh, productive member of society at the end with early intervention. Right. With early and, intervention. And, you know, I, I have to say, Neil, that um, when I was teaching and we first became more aware of Asperger's and autism, I can remember saying to the special education teacher, you know, there were kids at, at my school that I thought had issues, but we didn't really know what that was then. And I think that so much, oh, teach out here, I lost her. Um, I think that there are so many more um, people that, as you said, are aware. And I think the acceptance factor has been uh, so much better as well. But it is interesting that people who are not in education are not exactly um, 
in the know and and it's good for them to ask this question. Well, definitely. And you think about when you you hear this and you say this, I think sometimes they are when we look to identify people, we have to come up with some better uh, better tools. And this is an interesting question, you know, talking about things. A lot of times we go by checklists from parents, teachers, administrators, and then the doctors come up and say, hey, here's the diagnosis. I wish that we can have more testing before we give kids a label. I'm not saying that some shouldn't that I've seen kids down the line that are that are mild autism that ultimately are mild PDD that ultimately in my opinion based on mm-hmm. environment are that. I wish that we had more uh, examination of the brain, examination of different things and different strategies than just medication and therapy and really look at just because they have autism, Temple Grandin uh, really made this a very, very important point. Just because they have autism, we don't treat them any differently. We want them to be able to handle lunch at a, at a restaurant. We want them to be able to handle a difficult situation with loud noise. We want them to be have to follow rules and wear clothes. All these different things when they're younger, if we have the same expectations that we do with a child that does not have autism, a lot of times we're going to be able to really, they're going to end up becoming much more uh, product, productive in society. Your, your thought, Didi? Um, I agree with you 100%. Uh, it is sad that it's just sort of a checklist but very often, as you know, um, the parents actually are the first ones to identify if they think the child has been, some unusual behaviors. Um, I've had my share of many students on the spectrum during my 37 years of teaching, and it, actually the diagnosis usually starts with the parents. Neil, we just had a question from Natalie Taylor. She oh. says, how long until computers and robots replace all teachers? Natalie, good question. Oh, that's a great question. So we're jumping right out there, and I guess you'll have to jump on the tweet as I'm like, oh, wow, that's a great one. Uh, I don't think it's ever going to be replaced, but I really believe that the teacher soon will be just a facilitator. And that means, teachers, you really have to be able to start to show that you are as good as a computer. And the only way to do that is to connect with the kids. If more and more we see that teachers become facilitators, they will be gone. And I'd say in 15 years, probably robots and computers will replace teachers except for the most kids in need that need one-on-one attention. The rest of them right. will be computers, and a lot of teachers are going to be out of work. This is a this is a job just like if you looked at the manufacturing world 25 years ago. Uh, look at the manufacturing world 25 years ago. It disappeared that 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 profession you had to get more highly trained and more understand technology because. The persons, the people that were in manufacturing 25 years ago, if their skill sets have not improved, they're gone. So I see that mostly a lot of teachings have become more and more online. Lots of kids are not going to have to go to a physical building in about 25 years. However, the most kids that are in need, the younger kids, the kids with special needs, the kids with behavior problems, the kids with learning disabilities will always need teachers. But do you think people are going to line up, Didi, to teach them? No, I, I do not. It's a very difficult job, and I really do thank at Natalie Taylor for this great question. Uh, and Natalie, I hope you're still there. If you are, will you please send me a heart? Um, because this is something that's actually in the news, Natalie, right now. Um, there was a, a, I think, thank you, thank you. She's sending us a lot of hearts. Thank you, thank you. Um, she, this was something in the news last week that I read an article about, and uh, it said that teachers are becoming more facilitators rather than actual teachers. And although I could see that happening, I will say, Natalie, I think that the number one thing that makes learning work is still the relationship between the teacher and the student. And we don't know each other. So I did for 37 years, and I think that that really 
that was part of my success. But see, here, here, here's the thing, Didi, and, and this is really I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a, probably a Periscope tonight after the show because I'm very fed up with of something new. Thank you. Uh, what's happening, and, and Didi, you continue to interact with your people. That's what's cool about being live, 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 live on the Total, right. G- the Total Education Network. As we'll talk about things in our in our next break when we're close to already to a hard break, because we're only going to go. I, I think Eric Twig just a, joined us. Who, 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 did, who did? Who did? We won't be. Is live. Who? Yep. Mm-hmm. Who just joined us? I said Eric Twiggs just joined, and I'm hoping he's going to tweet us a question. All right, our, our, our Periscope, and that's the great thing about Q&A and what, the interaction of families. But what I really believe uh, is it, when we're and we're, the direction I was going is that teaching is going to become so computerized and so much uh, the certain test. I was very fed up today uh, tutoring. Uh, for PSAT, SAT prep with the new test. And this is where a lot of experts have said, look out for this test. Well, in reading, I wasn't too concerned. When I saw the math, I was very concerned because most of it is problem-solving word problems. And honestly, Didi, it has nothing to do with math. It's about reading a bunch of charts and graphs and then some crazy word problems that I don't know when I would ever set it up as an algebraic equation. What it's setting up for is to get more and more people to go to Khan Academy and get the free education training and tutoring for the SAT, which means it is pretty much a watered-down version of last SAT. I've heard from colleges already that they're going to ignore the SAT. The SAT has sold their souls to the government, and it might backfire on them completely that that test could be obsolete in certain ways. So isn't that pretty interesting, Didi? So that's where I'm thinking more and more education will just become computerized because it's all about problem solving. It's all about, you know, uh, particulars. And it really doesn't have to do have anything to do with learning because all of it is about a bunch of problem solving. And I'm, I'm all for problem solving. But when are we going to develop skills? All you have to do is read a test and figure it out. I mean, honestly, and it was a very frustrating thing working because uh, that student, who is a very good math student, never saw something like this. So So you're saying that the math test was more of a reading test is really what you're saying. Oh, but see, that's already been that way. But at least it was concepts that were taught that were mathematical skills. You could say it's geometry. You could say it's statistics. Now it's become... I mean, this crazy Dodo Bird Common Core garbage now. So I don't know. So I'm, I'm that's 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 my. But that's where I really love the idea of when we're talking about robots because if we cons- if we really make this a watered down education system where a guy could just go, you could walk into a classroom, everyone logs into a computer, you have some sort of aid out there, and then you put some dork that's getting paid to be filmed to go ahead and present material and then have it all computerized with uh, computerized examples, the teacher's going to be obsolete. Really. We just got a question tweeted to us um, from, I think it said, My ID Research, and it said, um, Why is autism on the rise? And actually, uh, a parent asked a similar question to that today. So thank you for sending in that question. Why is autism on the rise? Um, Neil, I read an article about autism a week or two ago. Hello, Tarala, who just joined. Um, And they said that um, now the number in West Virginia is the highest. It's like one in 58. And... So you would agree that the constant testing is detracting from actual actual learning? A stalking? Yes, we would. Thank you for the hearts. We would agree that so much testing is detracting from the actual learning. Um, we think that uh, Neil and I are both, we don't hate the Common Core, but we think that there is not enough interaction. We're getting lots of hearts right now. Thank you. We think that uh, the Common Core, although a good idea when it's the only focus, there's really no inspiration in teaching. There's no heart in teaching. It just becomes so boring. See, 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 this is the problem. And when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about Common Core. I think it's the implementation. I think it's the people that are deciding. I mean, I've liked certain things in Common Core, and I want to talk about that. But the problem is when you have redefined how you teach mathematics, 
what the heck are you thinking? Especially if those people probably couldn't do a free calculus problem to save their lives. You're listening to Total Education Q&A with Dee Ripman, myself, Neil Haley, live, 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 and we'll be back in just a moment. I am so excited for everyone to go to tolter.net. Summertime, 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 and this is a commercial, Dee so, oh, and summertime, 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 and it feels like I'm back in the 1950s, but summertime live shows during the day. Tune in. I covered two great, amazing events. Uh, thanks again to Jim Barron and Lorraine Barron for covering uh, two awesome events, the NEA and also the International Christian Retailers, Retailers Show. And I was live interviewing great authors for the International Christian Retailers Show. Tuesday, 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 I mean Monday, 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 I'm going to be interviewing Daniel Silva, New York Times best-selling author about the English spy. Tune in, I think, at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern on Monday. We're back to Toll Education Q&A with Dee Dee Ritman, myself, Neil Haley, Tolter.net for more information. Twitter, Tolter, Neil S. Haley, Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, Tolter, Pinterest, Neil Haley, Google+, Plus, and uh, also at Periscope, Total Tutor. Dee Dee, I guess you're not used to the live format where we have commercials in between uh, segments because, again, we're not stopping, we're going. So I'll have right. to get you used to that. It's really interactive, again, with Twitter and Periscope tonight, and it, it, it's really flowing very well. Uh, and com- I want to tell you that Trapper Hallam just joined High Trapper and our friend um, that I said before, Gerala, I think is the name. She's from Kuwait. We have a we have a viewer right now from Kuwait. How exciting is that? See again, this is the technology of things like Periscope to see. Hey, this is real content. You're not watching somebody staring at a screen. We're going into real good conversation. And then let me kind of go right into specifically enough, Didi, uh, the Common Core. It's interesting as a former teacher. And one that is still, you know, so used to how your standards were set in North Allegheny. And for me, that's been out of the classroom for three to four years now and and has done a lot of consulting work and have really looked at different programs. Common Core, it's to the core of what the problem in education is at times. I really like the reading program when it allows a lot of more resources to teach reading. I like the fact of, of 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 choosing different types of books to put into the to, into the and have teachers have the decision on what curriculum to choose. However, when it comes to something like mathematics, uh, let's look at the how we teach elementary kids math, and then look at what we're doing with this PSAT. I have already figured out this will be the Total Education Hour show next week as we will break down the test. And read some of the questions that will be on the PSAT coming in 26, I, I'm 2015 October for sophomores and juniors in high school and see, wow, it's a lot different than the last SAT. And get people's point of view uh, for it, for sure, Didi. So the Common Core, it's, we can't really define it. Interesting enough, uh, uh, who I forgot who came in, one of the presidential candidates came on and said, oh, uh, Governor Christie. Governor Christie, I I thought you were Common Core. And he said, we tried it for three years and it just doesn't work. (laughs) That's what Governor Christie said. It didn't work. It didn't. So we're making it, we're scrapping it and changing it for something else. So, Didi, interesting stuff for sure. We're getting some comments from the peanut gallery with another question. We're ready to go to your question. We we, we have another question from a listener. All right. viewer, uh, uh, Tepi K just joined, and Eric Twiggs just sent in a question. He, Eric said, I was in Pittsburgh recently, and I heard about the Pittsburgh Promise. Do you know what that is? Oh, and yes. yeah, absolutely. Yes, Yes, I do, and uh, and firsthand working with the Pittsburgh Public Schools and uh, and Dinkins Ethic Training and all the different things, and uh, also the Pittsburgh Promise is a phenomenal program. It's a very sad thing that they not come in with the right people to mentor these kids. Anyone that has attended the Pittsburgh Public Schools most of their lives, uh, meaning that they started early and have stayed in a Pittsburgh Public School, will get their education. paid for almost like a a huge scholarship if they maintain a certain GPA and certain requirements and they stay in the Pittsburgh public schools for a certain amount of time and use that money to go to college. It's a phenomenal program. Go ahead, Didi. And Eric, I think that um, some people, in fact, I know this is true, people are moving to the city of Pittsburgh now because of the Pittsburgh Promise. Um, It's supported by, I think, 
you know, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Maybe the Heinz Foundation and many others, PNC, I think, but um, they are, if you have, once you're there a certain number of years and so on, If you, I think you only have to get a 3.0 and they will pay for your college education. No, it's lower than that, Dee Dee. It's lower than that, trust me. I think I think it's 2.7 or 2.8. They just really got it. I don't think it's 3.0. I think uh, that would be it's very difficult for a lot of the kids. The problem is a lot of kids are not utilizing it. They're not taking the right courses uh, and... That's uh, an interesting thing, but what's so great about the program is the opportunity for kids to do it, but yet they have these programs in place to train these kids, but yet we're not getting in the parents' homes. We're not telling them the importance of this, and the sad thing about it Didi, is in Pittsburgh, the kids that are getting it are the kids that would still possibly get some sort of grants, and we're not reaching the kids that maybe would never go to college yet, and we have to figure that out for sure. Um, Ace Dalton just said, I graduated from Nash in 92, and I'm thinking, I don't think you were my student. I taught 10th grade English there. Um, Eric Swiggs just said, and he said he thinks that the Pittsburgh Promise is great, and our friend uh, says only a 3.0. She thinks that, awesome, that is awesome. And I think that the first Pittsburgh Promise kids actually graduated, was it last year, Neil, or the year before? I know you were working with them. I think they did. I mean, I mean, I'm just saying. I don't know that that case uh, scenario at all. So definitely, Google search the Pittsburgh Promise. I don't think that they have the right formation yet in place in the city to get the right mentoring of kids. I think you need to develop a great one-on-one program of mentoring the kids in the Pittsburgh Promise. I'm going to reach out to somebody that I'm looking to do some work. Uh, I ran some after-school tutoring programs at St. Agnes in Oakland and had tremendous late St. Agnes in Oakland because it did close and had tre- tremendous results. I think that we. We need to mentor these kids one to one. We we need to stay with them. We need to visit them in the homes. We need to we need to give them that opportunity. Teach them how important that freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year is, and then teach them the process so that they can use that money and go to college and graduate and right. ha- become success stories. I mean, we have there are so many major donors. In fact, I just looked online. Um, American Eagle. BNY Mellon, Giant Eagle. I mean, the list of donors is really huge for the kids. So it's absolutely amazing. So that's that's we thank for. That's a great question. I'm. Lo- how about us getting local people on? Remember, you can check me out tonight on Friday night, Friday eighty eight point three FM for Pittsburgh people. Uh, even though you can listen to me anytime, but you can listen to me on the radio eighty eight point three Fridays at five PM and on one hundred seven point three every day at noon on the on the dial and BPP and Bethel Park Television. If you have Verizon cable, you can check me out eight PM on television every Friday night and re-airs other times as well. So you have to check your local local cable and radio. So it's great to have the local locale kind of question for Q&A. And this is becoming really interactive tonight. And I, I think it's how you placed your cameras and how you worded this uh, this chat. And we have keep having – do we have any more questions? Or are we going to one of the ones from our mailbag? Well, Eric, Eric Twiggs just said he's from Michigan, but he really loves Pittsburgh. And I did not – position the um, iPad any differently because it didn't work. So it's sort of my computer's right here. I think it's your, right I think it's your description of Q&A and questions, and people love periscoping questions for sure. All right, let's go to our next question. So anyone, yeah. but we have quite a few listeners out there right now. Please tweet us your questions at TotalTutor or at DD Ritman, and we would love to answer them online. But meanwhile, while you are thinking about what you're going to tweet to us, let me read another question. Or oh, you mean Periscope as well? Also Periscope. We're getting. We're getting the question. We're getting the questions for Twitter yes. or Periscope. You have to tell me. Yes, and I'll, I'm writing them down from the bottom of the screen. So, all right. Here's a here's a sports question. What are your thoughts on a no cut policy in elementary and middle school sports? Pros and cons. And what are your what are your thoughts about varsity sports? Should there be cuts in varsity sports? See, um, yes, no. this is very, very interesting for me to look at because I have been cut from varsity sports and I went and played college basketball. Uh, I think cu- being cut, if you're really looking at why are you going to – here's the thing. The amount of time kids that go and practice and practice and put all those hours in and yet never get to play – there's a story at Central Pittsburgh Central Catholic where they have about 100 players on the football team and yet 27 of them only see the field. 
if I was a parent that's not one of those 27, and I know they're never going to be one of those 27, do you think it's worth their health and their mind and their whole body to get beat up like that for for th- four years and yet never see the field? I, so I think that there should be cut policies because if you kept the team to 40 or 50 players, you got to work hard to get on that team. And just you're not wearing the uniform just to say, hey, look at my jacket. So I think cutting teaches you a lesson. It teaches you, well, you know, I'm maybe not in the shape these other kids are again. I'm going to train all next year to try back on that team, and I'm going to try my darndest to do it. And I'm going to tell the coach I'll be back next year to try out again. And there have been a lot of stories of those kind of kids when I was in school that got cut, came back the next year, made the team, and became great contributors at one point in time. Because in, in, in society today, there's adversity, DD, and we have to deal with adversity. And sometimes we're not going to get the answer we want. And to eliminate cuts, I think it's a waste of time for the if you're never going to play. And I also think not to know about disappointment and have this belief in society that I'm going to be handed things forever, I think it's a stupid thing. Your thought? Um, we just got a tweet from A.M. Gonza, and she says, you know, Michael Jordan is who he is because he got cut. That's what happened to him. And, you know, you make an excellent point. Um, I so, Dee, was, was it a tweet or was it a periscope? It was a periscope. Okay, okay. Uh, that's a good, yeah, that's a great point. It's true. That is a great point. And uh, for people who don't know me that are listening and viewing, um, I was a varsity um, high school coach for boys golf for 33 years, and I did have to make cuts because my school district did not own the golf course. Therefore, we could not have an unlimited number of golfers. Now, I know it's different for golf than it is for football, but for many years we had a no-cut policy in football, and kids would actually end up sort of, cutting themselves, you know, and because they felt like, well, you know, this is so much work and anybody's played football. And I know, Neil, you've played many sports. It is such a difficult thing to keep going and going to that every day. I mean, you really need to have the perseverance, the drive. And the kids cut themselves because they said, you know, I'm not getting any playing time, so I'm going to quit. So that was... Yes, so 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 that's a great point. We're getting we're going we're 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 going live right now, and I want this these tweets to continue to go. I think Q and A. I got to remember. I guess Periscope is going to keep me really uh, moving. That I'm never going to get to tweet tonight, but that's fine. I'm glad to hear the interaction of all the people tuning in live. And for people periscoping, just go to tolter dot net slash toll education network and click on the toll education network section, and you can listen live right now to the radio show and hear us. Live, even though you're hearing us live right now on Periscope, if you want to hear the radio version. But I guess they already have the television version, Didi. So this is the funny thing about, uh, I guess, uh, this business for sure that we're in. All right, let's kind of go to, uh, do we have another question? That's a great point about Michael Jordan, for sure. Okay, and the same gal, um, A.M. Gonza, just wrote me another Periscope, and she said, you know, getting cut develops character, and that's what real life is all about. And I would have to agree 100% because it, it goes right back to that whole thing, Neil, that we talked about, oh, about three weeks ago. Should everybody be getting a trophy just for participation? You know, and when you get cut, you're just not good enough, and that's all it is. And then that's that's all right. that's, that's, all, that's life, and I'm going to address that again uh, about 30 seconds. We take a next break, and Didi can just kind of continue to talk to people. As I'll, I'll just remember as I go to another commercial break. But great point, character building. He, he, mm-hmm. The most successful people in the world fall flat on their face 62 times, so they finally get it. And it's taken me 42 years to kind of get it. And let's see, it takes me another 40 years to finally get something. All right, we get back. More Dee Dee Ripman and myself, Neil Haley, the Total Tutor. You're listening to Total Education Q&A, and we'll be back in just a moment. Big live, live, live interviews coming up very, very soon. you got to check out some major ones. Again, I talked about, again, Daniel Silva, 2 p.m. Eastern on Monday. And then also you're going to check out just not just Daniel, 2 p.m. Eastern Monday, a weekly later Orson Mobley from the Denver Broncos uh, AFC champion will be talking live with my new co-host for the celebrity just two choices at just two choices Rika Rakoski and then also I am in that's at 9 a.m. the following a Monday and then 9 30 a.m. 
Uh, this is cool about the, all this live stuff. We will probably be having on the program someone from another Bravo TV show. So stay tuned. Go to TotalTutor.net. We're back to Total Education Q&A with Dee Dee Rittman and myself, Neil Haley, the Total Tutor. And is Oscar still out there? we got to remember TeachCal, TeachCal.com for more information about a very, very interesting teacher show that is for teachers and administrators that doesn't knock teachers like I knock teachers and it doesn't knock education like I knock education. But you got to go to TeachCal.com and watch the episodes of all the different shows. And Dee, it's a fantastic show, isn't it? it? It is a fantastic show. And Oscar has provided a great platform for all teachers and even administrators to have a true voice in education uh, without making any kind of judgments. Um, I do want to point out that our friend Eric Twiggs just wrote us a quick note on Periscope. And he said, oh, and Ms. Poet just joined. Um, and Eric said he thinks that there should be no cuts in sports during elementary and junior high. And I happen, to, I happen to think that you know that is a learning process. Maybe just with it, maybe in ninth grade. But you know, if middle school teams can keep uh, kids longer, I think it's a good thing because it's they're learning camaraderie, they're learning teamwork, they're learning about the sport, they're learning about themselves. But, but see, here's the thing: that if you don't learn to get cut, if you don't have the talent to play middle school sports, then you need to improve. I think you need to cut them. I, I think you need to cut them in elementary and middle school, but you're not getting that many kids to come out in elementary and middle school to, to support cutting. There's so many other leagues for them to play in. If they got cut from a certain team, especially when you're now you're 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 paying to play on AAU teams. You're not even good enough to play on these all-star teams, but yet you're paying money and parents are paying money to play on them. So you're really not getting the true all-star playing in all-star teams. So well, that's, all-stars are different, though, Neil. Uh, Eric just uh, periscoped to me that middle school is not about being good. It's about trying new things. And, you know, there are those kids that will try one sport one year and one the next year and so on. Um, but if you're having uh, – at my school, we had various levels of teams, you know, so – I mean, I played on – I played at St. James Wilkinsburg, which used to be really good in basketball. I think they ended up coming back being very good. But guess what? They cut – and you know what? When you're talking, then that's why they have these A-B teams in Catholic schools where you have a B team to play on. But right. I'm just telling you, Eric, there's so many opportunities to play in other leagues that if you're not good enough to play with the big boys, you got to get better to become better and play in the big boys. That's the competition of education. Or that's the competition in sports. If they don't learn that that competition's out there and that, you know what, if you're not good enough, you don't play or you don't make the team, that makes you try harder to become better at what you're going to do. Play in other right. leagues, and some of those kids might drop off and you might play. If you really want to be good at something, you got to keep playing it. I think you should cut, and I think cutting is something, it's all part of life. We're all going to get disappointed we don't get in certain colleges. We're all going to get disappointed when we don't get uh, the best celebrity guest. I'm just kidding you. Uh, we're all going to get disappointed when we don't, marry, we don't marry the person we really wanted to marry, or we're going to all be disappointed that we're not millionaires. So if we can learn disappointment early and learn that things are not always going to go the way we want to go, then... It's just teaching us life lessons. So I disagree, Eric, but a great question. Go ahead, next. And what's okay. next, name? And friends who are watching, please feel free to periscope me a question or to uh, type us something onto Twitter, at Total Tutor or at Dee Dee Rittman. And uh, my friend A.M. Gonza did retweet your tweet, Neil. All right. Should we go to the next question, or is someone going to write us something? Oh, let's go, let's go to the next question. And when we bend, they, right. they, unless they they jump in there, Didi, we got to get you moving and get you moving and grooving. I wish I could do it, but my wife won't give me my iPad. So, oh well. So right. her iPad, and it's only during the day I might be able to uh, periscope when I have some celebrity interviews. But all right, go ahead. Next question. All right. This person says, "I heard on the news that Texas is requiring a vaccination for all school students." What about the parents who don't want their children to be vaccinated? Some people are afraid of vaccination leading to autism. No. So, see, that's a great thing. And so, I mean, a great thing that is going to be a huge debate. And thank you for bringing that question up, Didi. And I'm going to have to to, to go ahead and tweet that out. But, I, I, again, we're, it seems like I'm more and more into this uh, Periscope audience to, to get them going in this. We'll see if we continue to get them engaged. Like, this is phenomenal tonight on the show. But when you talk about specifically enough vaccinations, the debate is still not over that it causes autism. Jason, the public school guy, 
flat out says that's not true. And there are people out there that are saying that the mercury in the shot does cause it. And if it was true, do you think that we're going to eliminate? For example, you know, a lot of people push organic foods and say that if you have pesticides, it's going to cause cancer. It's going to cause a lot of bad developmental problems, things like that. The jury's still out on how much problems it's going to cause. So the same thing when it comes to the shot. The shot can cause, possibly, if you're sick, a uh, uh, maybe autism. But however, we just don't know yet, Didi. We just don't know yet. So when parents are refusing to get their kids vaccinated, now they're making it forced. That's California, by the way, Didi. I think you came up with Texas, but isn't it California that the big deal's happening and the governor, Jerry Brown, signed that or whoever? Uh, I'm sorry. I thought, I'm sorry. I read it as part of another question. It is California. Jerry Brown, I think, has 10 more days to make a decision on that. And actually, Neil, this is in reaction to uh, the measles outbreak at, that happened in, in Disneyland. Yeah, and they're thinking, so, they're thinking the rebel. Well, that, you, see, Dita, you know that's, right. that's propaganda. That's propaganda. So everyone runs out and says, I need to get health care. I need to go buy my Obamacare right now on the, on the, off the street. Let's get to the, 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 the health care site so that then I can go get my rebella shot. We have to invoke fear. Everyone needs, oh, we're all going to get measles in Pittsburgh. Oh, it was a huge outbreak, Didi. I, I'm just uh, so blown away. It, it'll be something for the news. What we forget about in society is anything that happens, we overblown it, blow it up. Look at me on right. uh, using Periscope to get a huge audience uh, at 11 p.m. at night before it goes out to my 2.5 million listeners a week throughout the all over the place after this all over the world will, will be heard. So just to go ahead and, and do something like saying and, and overreacting with this whole measles thing. Now, I still think this vaccination thing, it, the jury's still out in this case. It really is. Until we are 110% sure that vaccinations do not lead to autism, we should allow people to have the rights if they want to be vaccinated or not. I really do. Till you can tell those people that there's no chance that your child's going to get autism. Didi, can we, we you... Can, a, go ahead. We had a comment from Ace Salk and the Penguins had an outbreak of the monks talk about overreacting. Oh yeah, that killed them. Honestly, if they would, that wouldn't have happened. And, and trust me, uh, we'll we'll see what happens this year with the Penguins. But I, I hate when I'm listening to radio talk. See, I love all these Pittsburghers tuning in. Uh, I, I hate when I hear about Penguin talk. I don't care about the Penguins right now. I want to know about those Buckos three in a row. Absolutely. I mean, that's what we talk about. We're going to catch the cards. Hashtag Dr. Mike. I told you that's going to happen. But uh, right. so, 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 okay. So when we talk about the outbreak, did he really, do you think we're really there? The jury's still out. There are still people out there that believe that these shots can cause autism till you can get a 110% truth that it's not why you can't force people to do something. But you know, Neil, there was um, there has been quite a bit of uh, press about the fact that all those results were made up. I, I don't know if you've read those articles, but you know that that all the research was false, supposedly. I, I've been I read those. Oh, that's just like we, we could do the same argument in global warming, Dee Dee. We could go the same right. argument in everything else. Till you have one hundred ten percent chance to say it's not true, I I, I I can't do that to somebody. You know what I mean? I, that, that's my thought. What do our viewers think here on Periscope? Should vaccinations be required for kids to enter school in order to protect the other No, but kids? what they want to do in California is even people for homeschool. Right, I know. They, they, I mean, California, well, California is crazy. We all know that. But um, Eric says, Eric Fick says, yes, vaccinations should be required. What about the other people? What do you think? Well, um, you know, when we were kids, it wasn't even a question. It, but things have changed a lot, and people have a lot more knowledge since then. I actually think that it's better to be vaccinated to uh, to actually protect everyone in society. I, I am that person. So, I mean, see, I mean, I, mean, I, under, I understand where, where where we're going on this, but to you, give me one hundred and ten percent. There are passionate people right now that would say no. 
There, right. we need to get rid of. And here's the thing: when my wife would go to get certain shots, she tried to get the shots that do not have the mercury in them. There are ones that can eliminate the mercury from it. So, if we really believe that this mercury and lead does not cause autism, 110 percent. So, Didi, that's a good conversation discussion right now. What are your What are your thoughts? I mean, you you. Actually, you and just uh, tweet, uh, periscoped out. Either get vaccinated or you're homeschooled. But so, see, see, but Governor Jerry Brown's forcing people even they're homeschooled to get vaccinated. Right. And, uh, but you know, we're we're going to Barry Sanders land. I was watching MSNBC, and we're going to Barry Sanders land. Uh, Didi, again, the new big push is the new progressives, Barry Sanders. I mean, not Barry Sanders, Bernie Sanders. And Bernie right. Sanders is a socialist. So we're on our way in this country, you know? We're going to elect a socialist next. Well, there are so many of us now. And, you know, Neil, it used to be that, you know, most people didn't travel very much. I mean, I'm talking in the early days of our here within their own little communities. But now it's truly global. So, I mean... Look at some of the other outbreaks that have happened, and, you know, we think about Ebola, and, you know, everybody has a chance to get something from everybody else. Uh, the front page of the Tribune Review was about whether or not uh, terrorists were wanting wants to use mosquitoes to, you know, help give other people bacterial infections, and our world has gone crazy. It's hard to know where it's going to go. Right, I'm, I'm I'm tweeting out. Does uh, do do vaccinations cause autism? And I'm putting again hashtag Ed Shad as well, adding you, Dee, Dee to the conversation. Okay. And hearing our Periscope people, do you believe that's true? See, this is till we come up with something because the the whole organic uh, thing is another uh, process out there that uh, the, the the conversation is still not over yet. That we don't know for sure. Uh, uh, if organic foods really benefit our health, and and it costs far, it gets lots of farmers out of the the work of this business, and and so many different things. All right, so when we get back, quarter number four, I'm like, what? This is like the fastest hour of. I said this uh, the last time in Periscope. I, I think it. This is our second time doing Periscope, but I've remembered other shows. But Dee, great questions, and I, it's great to have the Peanut Gallery get involved. In, and you're going to keep getting so many hearts, so you're going to be so popular on Periscope. My gosh, Dee, by going live, 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 and we're live total education Q and A, and it's again we're we're, we're Ed chatting hashtag Ed chat on Twitter. We're live periscoping and we're live radio. How about that? You're listening to Told Education Q Day, and we'll be back in just a moment. We're really, really excited about the Told Education Network and its growth and everything, and two amazing, amazing events we attended this week the NEA and also the International Christian Book Retailers uh, event. Remember, go to my website, tolter.net. Click on Toll Education Network. See all the great interviews that we, we we ended up having for the NEA and also the the International Christian. I will be interviewing authors next week as well. TotalTutor.net. We're back to Toll Education Q&A with myself, Neil Haley, and Dee Dee Ripman. And Dee Dee, I told you Q&A is the bomb. And now everyone said, what about callers? Well, we've kind of thrown who needs callers or but when you can you can have this interaction like this and keep going so let's go ahead to our next question if it's from the peanut gallery or is it from Dee's from our mailbag nope. this is from the mailbag thank you uh eric twigs threw us a follow yay thank you um this one's to you neil this person it's a teacher neil i created a twitter account and i looked at how many followers you have you are awesome. And if everybody's not following Neil, he's at Total Tutor. I am thinking about making a separate Twitter account to use with my high school students. Can you please explain hashtags to me? How and why are they used? And how do you think Twitter would benefit my classes? You know, I like this question. Well, it's, very cool. it's very good. And, and I don't think that the, the, the thing is, if you're going to use it for your classroom, no need for hashtagging as much as really just getting your kids to follow you and say that I'm going to tweet homework assignments. I'm going to treat, mm-hmm. tweet solutions. I'm going to provide uh, other opportunities for feedback and questions that you can go ahead and tweet out to me. 
that's the interaction. We don't really want to forum more than just my group. By going and hashtagging, you're running into another situation, running into a lot of situations. So all we... Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, although, uh, let's say that I was teaching uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, maybe we could make a class hashtag that we're referring to the book. You know, I think that that could be a little group thing. Yeah, but see, but see, but but we don't really want, Didi. We don't really want. We don't really want other people if we're involving school age children. So we don't want hashtags. Okay, here's a from Eric. There was a teacher at my former high school that tweeted political views and made people very mad. Well, Eric, I think that might be a little bit of a misuse of a Twitter. (laughs) We're talking more of a Twitter for keeping kids like informed what's going on, maybe assigning a, a, a difficult problem and saying, I'm going to tweet out the answer at such and such a clock. Um, it just sort of keeps everybody on the same page together. Is that what you're thinking, Neil? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's all you should do. I mean, this is the problem this day and age of social media. When you hear about Plum High School and you hear about all these uh-huh. sexual encounters, you want a, a, a to be as transparent as possible as a teacher. You're not even going to follow these students so they can't message you. The only way that they can do is they can tweet you and that they have to follow hey. you, but you're not going to follow them. So you can shoot them a message, which I don't recommend doing unless it's a group message, but it's more about it's more about they need to be seeing you you in the newsfeed with your tweets and your information. The more you don't interact except in a in a public forum is the better. If it becomes private, it becomes dangerous. And so, so, well, yeah. so you know, and, and we'll give it a little story. A teacher is on, I mean, even teachers that are on Facebook right now as their names and are teaching in schools, you really have to watch what you are Facebooking, for example, one of the students I, one of the, te- the students I'm tutoring, the teacher uh, in math I was tutoring the kid. I decided, hey, I'm gonna look up that guy on Facebook. I friended him, and I get to see all his different posts. But he physically could do it, and it doesn't show teachers in the right light. Teachers, you are public figures. What you post on your Facebook, even, and then taking friend requests to who knows who, it could just des- destroy your career. And this is the thing. I agree that you should be on social media in certain aspects, but you got to be everyone that's on social media. This is the biggest thing. Regardless, you are a public figure. Anything that you say in the public, especially right. when they could share it to friends and different things, everyone is now a public figure. So if I say something outrageous right now on Periscope, Twitter, and my network, I could get in a lot of trouble. However, sure. so you have to take that same thing. When you send that tweet, you send that Facebook message, you saying something, it never disappears, and you're a public figure. Didi, what's your thought sure. on that? Yeah. Uh, Maria just sent us two messages, and she said, but teachers and students can still direct message each other and vice versa. So No, they can't. Um, not if they don't follow. On Twitter, no. Not, but not if you don't follow your students back. If no. You, then they cannot direct message you. So no. there was a yeah. thing. Maria, do, do you hear that? So um, she's, A. Stalkin joined again. So um, I do like the idea. She says, gotcha. She says, thanks. Okay. Um, but I do like the idea of Twitter for the classroom. And I actually would even go far as far as saying, because you have nothing to hide as a teacher, um, that, that you... Um, you know, maybe even we even want the parents involved. I mean, you can let the parents know that there are assignments. I mean, you're not putting out anything out there that parents can't know. You know, Neil, we've talked about this before on past shows. Sometimes parents want to know what's going on in the classroom. This would be a sort of innocuous way for them to know what the homework is and so on. I, think I mean, I mean, I think I mean, they have all the grade books and different things. I think it would be great for uh, uh, for teachers that are teachers in small elementary schools to create a Facebook page instead of having to go on a school website and just post. But the problem is you can't post pictures. Just post student. You can't even post student works. So and I really don't think it's worth it all. Maybe a newsletter to send to the kids. See, this is the problem. Technology. There's always privacy privacy laws, different things like that. So I don't know, Didi, if that's going to ever work. Except for Twitter, it's really a connection with the students, and it shouldn't be Facebook. It should be Twitter because it has to be where it's only a one way conversation, and that's it. 
Let's go to our next question, unless we have any more questions from the peanut gallery. <laughs> we have a, I'm not sure how to say this name. Eusebio Robesome just joined. I'm not sure. That's an unusual name. Where are you from? Please tell us. Um, <laughs> as, she, as she's going to tell us, you can tell us, but if there's a question. So right. basically, again, no. we're, we're live. Total Education you- Q&A. Uh, Total Education Network. Tolltutor.net. Twitter, Total Twitter, Neil S. Haley, Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, Total Twitter, Pinterest, Neil Haley, Google Plus, and also at Total Tutor when it comes to Periscope. And so you guys have to follow me on Periscope as well as I'm going to have my little rant about the SAT tonight sometime. Go ahead. What are you going to say, Didi? Our, our new friend just joined from Brazil, and here's our next question. I live in the Pittsburgh area, and I have been substitute teaching for three years. I would love to have a classroom of my own, but I have not even had an interview. All of my paperwork is on PA Educator, but so far, nothing. What do you two suggest that I do? I am desperate to get a teaching position. <laughs> well, it's time for you to move to Tennessee. I mean, it's time for you to move to Florida or the Carolinas, and that's it. I'm sorry. But also, here's one thing I got a great recommendation from. PA Educator's a bunch of uh, what we say in the word that it's a, it's a bunch of bunk, so you don't get a lot of applications. You have to send a physical application and resume to the school districts, packages, because guess what? They might see it and like it. If you're on PA Educator, they pretty much are already going to eliminate you right off the bat for some reason. Uh, if you're not getting any applications, you need to sub. You need to sub in districts that you're going to work every day. And then you also got to start looking outside of Pittsburgh because your chances of getting a job are slim. But I've been told that if you send to your 20 favorite school districts at least a package, you might have the opportunity of getting an interview. Your thought, Didi, because you know this you know, more. Yeah. I agree. I mean, the Pittsburgh market for teachers is very, very tight. And uh, so often, I hate to say this, but you would get a job because there's someone that you know or someone that your parents know or, you know, somebody on the school board or something like that. Um, I think the educators are a big waste of time. And once again, just as I think there's an importance for relationships between teachers and students, I think that a person who really wants a job could go to the school district in person and actually handle their uh, their bundle or envelope of, of papers and try to make a personal connection. I know that I did that years ago, and I did it when I was looking for other jobs, and and that was it's really what worked, you know, because you meet somebody up front, you have a pleasant conversation, and then the next thing you know, when they're looking for somebody, hey, what about that person that stopped by? I mean, when you get to have somebody see you in person, I think that it's a benefit for both of you. Again, we're live tweeting and live periscoping at TotalTutor.net slash Total Education Network to listen to the show live for people that are already live. What am I thinking? But that's, again, me <laughs> and my thought process. At least I want them to get to the website. So let's go to the next question. But I think that's a great uh, thing. And I'm telling you, we're just moving so quickly, Didi, that, uh, and, and people are still tuning in. I wait to, can't wait to hear your numbers at, on Periscope. I told you, this is the wave of the future. Interesting. I've been telling celebrities yeah. g- about this. And, and it's a great way and to not show someone just sitting in a, a, at, a, at a party doing nothing. You can at least interact with us here on Thursday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern. Go ahead. Next hey, question. We just got a comment from A. Stalkin. It says, always be nice to the secretaries. And isn't that the truth? And then yep. they help school. They absolutely do. Um, I was I was thinking about that myself. It's very, very important. All right. Next question. Oh, I don't know if I want to go to this, but I will. All right. What do you think about inclusion for students who have really, really serious learning issues? Do these children take too much instructional time away from the rest of the class? Mm. See, here's the... Uh... We had to redefine least restrictive environment. I, I really believe that certain parents are able to get away with things, Didi, but we have to redefine least restrictive environment. 90 seconds. Because what happens, we're getting 90 seconds live. We won't be okay. live in blog talk anymore, but so so be it. They'll be recording still. They can record for another hour. That's not a big deal. That So we won't be live on the radio soon because uh, Didi was late and I was late. 
Uh, so what I'm saying to you uh, in certain ways is how do we define least restrictive environment? How do we define what's best for kids? Because, I mean, you want them to be fully included, but yet you want to provide a lot of parents that push for those kids to be in the regular ed classroom is because they don't have a placement for them outside the classroom. Right, right. The, it's it's to the point of life skills where the kids are not learning anything, so there's just two meet. There's no other option for them. So I, I think that we need to provide more resources for special education. I think we need to look at even though they have severe disabilities to look at their academic progress, reading, math, writing, and through adaptations and modifications, and provide more. Uh, I, I don't want to look at least restrictive. I want to look at what's best for that sh- student to learn. Why do they go to school? They don't just go to the school for socialization reasons. Right. So, your thought. You know, I had many, many students with special Ten needs. seconds. Some, some profound special needs. And I will say that it did take time away from some of the other kids for me to fully include them but I, I try to be the best teacher possible for everyone. Um, I do believe that everyone is entitled to an education. And I just keep thinking to myself, what if this were my child? How would I want them to be treated? And that's the way I treated others. But that's the way I treated all the kids. So it, it's a difficult question, though. I think that uh, school districts need to come up with more money for paraprofessionals to help the teacher out. I think that as you said, maybe that is not the least restrictive environment. Maybe there's something else we can do. It's a very difficult question because it all comes down to money, and none of the school districts have any anymore. Well, then uh, I'm going to sound like uh, I think that we need to allow uh, corporations <laughs> to fund money to these schools for special needs kids. I think that we oh. need more grants and things. If our, our tax dollars can't pay for it, somebody will be willing to pay for this. And that well, we need to redefine special education and not allow it to be something that is a end-all, well, you know, here's the IEP. They're never going to progress. Let's find... And, 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 you know, I'm thinking about this. You just reminded me. I mean, we're accepting money from big corporations to pay for things like scoreboards. Why can't they pay for special education? Right, because they are, again, uh, the, the red-headed stepchild of education. Right. and And... and who cares about them? And that's the truth. And that's terrible. And so, I mean, it was interesting that Dimitri Melhorn, and we talked about Obergfell, but I'm that for half the, or three quarters of the show. But the last part was he was talking about funding each individual teacher by having uh, the philanthropic part of corporations and venture capitalists invest in that teacher. Well, maybe we should even think about investing in special education teachers and special education programs and school districts and look to spread that money around so kids get more one-on-one. We have this joke that's called an IEP, yet it's not individualized. <laughs> and we never have it where they get one-on-one instruction. Wouldn't you think if you are special ed, you should get one-on-one instruction? Well, what is one-on-one instruction? They're not providing that, Dee. No, they're really not. All right, that's. I guess the show is over. Isn't no, it? no, I, uh, I'm keeping track, Dee Dee. Don't worry, oh, trust me. Yes, yeah, okay. so I'm, right. I'm still, I'm uh, still. <laughs> but uh, the the periscoping, great thing. I hope you guys tune in Thursday night, 11 p.m. Eastern, again uh, to periscope for all our listeners and viewers and everyone. Some big interviews again. Daniel Silva. The English Spy, Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern. I'll be interviewing him live. And Daniel, again, was on the Sean Handy show two days ago. So, again, you t- I'm telling you, I interviewed the big people. TotalTutor.net slash Education Network for more information. And Didi can find her at DeeDeeRittman.com, at DeeDeeRittman. And Didi, I know you want to announce that you uh, have another book in place. Tell us about that. I do. Thank you, Neil, for allowing me. Um, everyone, I just signed a, a multi-book deal with Tate Publishing, and I'm going to be coming out with my first children's book called Grady Gets Glasses. I hope it's out for Christmas, and Grady is a rabbit who gets glasses, and he's absolutely adorable. And for anyone listening from North Allegheny, um, Lauren Gibbons-Wood is my illustrator, and she just does a fantastic job. 
So I'm really excited about that. Thank you. Big things happen when you stick with the Toll Education Network. And, and that's the thing. We're going bigger and better places for sure. Again, thank you again to Jim and Lorraine Barron for going to Florida and, and showing up at two conferences. Again, the International Christian uh, Retailers Show, a book retailer show, and then also the NEA. Didi, I thought I wouldn't be invited to the NEA. I thought I was an em- enemy of the union. Somehow, Jim was able to infiltrate, and you'll get to hear some of those interviews. But uh, good talk to you, Didi. And we're going to stay, I guess, live on Periscope to kind of BS for a second or two. But we're going to say good night to our uh, listeners out there and tune in tomorrow for more great education talk. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.